Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Neighborhood Church. We pray that you be blessed by it. And so most of us entered our wedding day with thoughts and dreams, maybe similar to that. And then this thing, marriage, happened. And marriage isn't quite as easy as many of us dreamt it would be. Donna and I have been watching, it's hard to believe, Amazing Race for over 15 years now. And this year, the winners were a couple named Colin and Christy. Christy. Now, Colin and Christy uh, were on Amazing Race 15 years ago. And if you watched them race 15 years ago, this couple spent the whole race squabbling and fighting and arguing with each other. This year, they won a million dollars, and as they raced around the globe, there was not one squabble, not one harsh word. They were kind and gentle and considerate in a real pressure cooker competition. Christie said that when she watched the race 15 years ago, she was embarrassed. She didn't like the proud, egotistical, controlling gal she saw on television. And she said, I'm making a choice to change. <laughs> and obviously, She's done pretty good. There's a thing called the happiness pie. And the happiness pie uh, comes from a doctor, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name other than the Sonia part. Uh, 
she has been studying happiness and happiness in marriage for, for decades. And she came up with her graduate students, she came up with this thing called the happiness pie. And she has concluded as a result of that, that on the right, 50% of your happiness is genetically inherited. Uh, it's biologically, you're just kind of born with a set point for happiness. And some people seem to be born with this set point where the glass is always full, everything is always wonderful, life is good, 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 good. And then there are some people who seem to have been born and don't even know there is a glass. Um, there's a genetic set point that you start with. But that's not the only thing that determines your happiness in life. 10% of it, and this is smaller than most of us think, but she says, it seems that about 10% of your happiness is a result of the circumstances that come your way in life. And we, we would be silly to say that circumstances don't matter. Obviously, if you get hit by a bus uh, tomorrow, it's going to change your circumstances and change things considerably. But she says, in reality, only about 10% of your happiness is determined by your circumstance. And 40% of your happiness is chosen uh, by intentional choices, intentional activities, the decisions you make about how you're going to live. Some things happy couples seem to have figured out that some of us are maybe missing. And so, we began this series two weekends ago and, and we said to you that happy couples fill each other's boxes. You guys come help me just for a second here, bless you. Stop taking notes, I'm not gonna be that profound this morning and just, just come help me here. Okay, now the way this works, your wife should get the pink box. Well, go stand, look like you love each other. Okay, go stand together, good, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> now, here's the problem in marriage for most of us. We talked about this two weeks ago. The wife has her box and she keeps staring at you and say, why isn't he filling my box? It's fairly common in most marriages. And you've got your box of expectations on what you want out of marriage. And you keep wondering, why isn't charity filling my box? And we do that for 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, and our boxes are never really full because we're doing it wrong. This is the first significant change that happy couples have figured out. You forget about your box. And you just say, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life filling this pink box. And you forget about your box. And you say, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life filling his box. So the first thing, thank you, give him a hand. Bless you. The first thing happy couples do is they really take seriously filling each other's box. 
This morning, I want to take you for a journey through Scripture through some things Jesus said, some things Paul said, and some things Peter said. I'm going to try to talk fairly quickly and bring you to a second thing that happy couples know. And so the first one is Jesus' words in John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Everybody associates love with marriage. But Jesus sets a pretty high bar here. That you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So here's what we bring into marriage, most of us. It's my rights. And we battle for our rights. And we want things done our way and we want our box filled because we have a right to have our box filled. But Jesus says in Christ, relationships in Christ are to be based on how Jesus lived and how did Jesus love us. Jesus gave himself up for us. Don and I's uh, parents uh, have celebrated some anniversaries in the last year or so. Got mom and dad, Mugford's name spelt wrong. That mum should be a mug. Mugford, don't know how I missed that. My apologies. Last June, they celebrated 70 years of marriage. Mom passed away last September, and Dad passed away this past Monday, Donna's dad. Married for 70 years. My parents have been, as of last week, married for 65 years. And we hop in the truck tomorrow to go to Calgary to honor them on Tuesday. Seventy years of marriage, 65 years of marriage. A lot of people get married for a long time. Their marriages last a long time. Mostly that indicates they lived a long time and they got married fairly young. And not everybody who's been married 70 years or 65 years has had a happy marriage. Some of them have just put up with each other. But God's heart for us is to discover some things that happy couples know. And so the last picture, one of the last pictures I took of my father-in-law was the last time, a couple of times ago, I was in Calgary, next picture please. And uh, there's dad. That's the dad I knew. 40, 41 years ago, we were visiting in Montreal. They were living there. We often went to Montreal to spend time with Donna's family on holidays. And I was sitting in the living room of their Montreal flat, and dad got home from work, and mom. Mugford was working away in the kitchen, and I heard this voice from the kitchen saying, Eric, I need you to go to the store for me. I need, and I can't remember what the ingredient was, but I need such and such for supper. And Dad, after a day of work, got up, 
went and found his wallet and left the house and walked over to the grocery store and came back about 15 minutes later. Sits down and I start chatting with my father-in-law and about three minutes later I hear, Eric, I should have got you to pick up. Could you go to the store and? And dad goes and gets his wallet and walks off and I'm thinking, oh Lord, why doesn't she get organized? <laughs> but he just goes, goes to the store, comes back 15 minutes whistling and takes to Bessie what she had asked him to get. He sits down, he's visiting me and Eric, there's one other thing I should have had you get. And dad happily catch that, happily goes and gets his wallet, walks to the grocery store, comes back 15 minutes later with the other ingredients she needed. And I'm watching all of that and I'm thinking, oh God, what have I got myself into? I'm supposed to live like that. But my father-in-law had figured something out that happy couples know. And that is happy couples get great delight, find great joy in serving one another. They're not living self-centered lives. Happy couples have learned to go small. Timothy Keller, in his book, The Meaning of Marriage, wrote this. I think it's maybe the best book of marriage I've, I've ever read. Any two people who enter into marriage are spiritually broken by sin, which among other things means they are self-centered. <laughs> and so we bring self-centeredness into our marriage relationships. And we struggle for our rights and our wants and our desires. And that never leads to happiness. So Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. What does Paul have to say about marriage? And all of his teaching really is based out of being a disciple of Christ where Jesus has taught us to love one another as he loved us. So he's explaining this principle and applying it in so much of his writings. And he says in Ephesians 5, 31 and 32, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife the two shall become one flesh. That's called marriage. You leave dad, you leave mom, you marry each other, you be, two become one. And then he says, this is a great mystery in, uh, in the uh, Greek. It is a mega mysterion. This is a mega mysterion. This is a, a great mystery. Well, what is the great mystery? Finish verse number 32, and you discover that the mystery is in reference to Christ and his 
church. So the great mystery is, is this relationship that marriage is supposed to be out about is a reflection of Christ's love and Christ's love for his church. This is a mega mysterion. This is a great mystery. So how does that end up looking? Well, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says, Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Marriage is this call to give ourselves up. It's this call, this opportunity to make ourselves small. Make ourselves small. What does that uh, take us to as we unwrap this portion a little bit more? Uh, Ephesians 5 uh, Philippians 2, verse 6 and 7 talks about how this work gets worked out. He worked, he existed, Christ existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, took the form of a bondservant, was made in the likeness of man. I mean, Jesus was God, and he emptied himself of all of that to serve us. This is a mega mysterion. It's Christ and his, his church. It's what this relationship of marriage uh, looks like. And it really, if you're looking at it on the surface level, didn't work out that well for him. It cost him his life. Give ourselves up. Ephesians chapter 5, 21 to 25. Uh, be subject to one another in fear of Christ. This is how this portion starts. And then Paul works it out. This is the longest portion of scripture on the family. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Then wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. In the Greek, this is how verse 22 reads. Wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, if you've got a translation that uh, explains things well and is trying to be true to the original text, uh, you'll see that be subject in the New American Standard Version. I think uh, submit yourselves is in... Uh, King James, I think that's the word they use. You'll find it's in italics. Now, italics, when you see something in italics in your Bible, it simply means it wasn't in the original Greek. So they just put it in there. The translators, the translators have put it in there so the sentence flows well. But be subject is not in the original uh, Greek language here. So what does this read like? And be subject one another in the fear of Christ, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. You see, in the Greek language, if the action, the action that is required is in the previous sentence, they never take time to repeat it. It's just a given in the Greek that it's already been explained. So we're talking about being subject. So wives to your own husbands as to the Lord, practice out this submission thing. And the wives of that time would have read it and said, 
Da. This was no news to them. That's how culture worked back then. Wives were subject to their own husbands. Husbands were in charge. Husbands had authority. Wives submitted to their own husbands. Every daw, Paul, not the new, where's the new stuff here? Not that the husband is the head of the wife, but as the church is subject to Christ, wives ought to be to their husbands and every Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. This was the new revelation. <laughs> Husbands also give themselves up for their wives. Husbands give themselves up for the the desires and things that bring joy to their wives. Husbands fill the pink box. Happy couples know that. So uh, we're called into this new relationship where wives are married to husbands who are giving themselves up for them. Happy couples go small. Happy couples go small. You see, in marriage, when you win, we lose. And when you lose, we win. When you win, we lose. When you lose, we win. It's this marriage relationship of giving ourselves up for one another. So husbands, Whatever that thing is that you really, really want, whatever that thing is that you really, really love, make sure you love it a whole lot less than you love her. And wives, whatever that thing is that you love and you really, really want and you really, really desire, whatever that thing is, Make sure you love it a whole lot less than you love him. Because we give ourselves up for the person we've committed ourselves to. So happy couples go small. Now let's figure out what Peter said. Peter said this in... Uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 5, talking about how we work out, how we, how we live our Christian lives. He said, you, you younger men, be subject to your elders. And I want to emphasize the second line. All of you, close, clothe yourselves with humility towards 
one another. How do Christians live out their relationships? And we don't have the right to say, oh yeah, that's, that's what I should do when I come to church. No, we live this out in the most important relationship in our lives. We clothe ourselves with humility towards one another. I don't know if any of us in the bright-eyedness of early love and then standing in front of friends and family really get this when we're saying our vows. I don't know if we really get that we should be saying, I'm eager to spend the rest of my life regarding you as more important than myself. I don't know if we get that. And I'm equally sure that when a marriage breaks down for whatever reason and you begin to notice someone else, that the thought process that is going through your heart and your mind was, oh, I think I'm going after that one. I just really want to spend the rest of my life serving him. I don't think that's how we think. but it's how Christians think. We clothe ourselves with this humble attitude of service. And so we have two choices in marriage. The first one is to clothe ourselves with humility. Or the first thing we have to do is make a decision about whether we're gonna clothe ourselves with humility. And the first thing that happens is if you decide not to, what do you set yourself up as? You set yourself up where God is opposing you in your marriage. I'm just going to live my marriage as proud as I want to be, and I'm going to get my own way all the time. I'm in charge. I'm proud. I'm smarter than him anyhow. What are you setting yourself up for? Have God opposing your marriage. I don't want to live there. Or your second option is to choose humility. And when you choose humility, you get grace. And what else does God do? Next verse, verse number six. You humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You come under the protective hand of God in your marriage. When you make the principle of your marriage one of going small. Well, I want to wind up here. We're going to go around the communion table in a bit. But the truth is, happy couples have figured out that marriage costs you. And marriage is about giving yourself up to the one you've committed yourself to. 1975, I met Donna. 
And I thought as I was meeting her that this is a pretty neat chick. And the longer I hung out with her, the more I began to think, I think I want to marry this girl. And I'm glad I did. But I have to acknowledge that in all of my thinking, the reason I was asking her to marry me is I thought she would be perfect for me. Did you catch that wording? She likes to talk. I don't like to talk so much. I save it all for Sunday morning. I thought, well, this is good. She's going to talk. I won't have to talk. She's perfect for me. Don is funny. Don is actually very funny. And I like funny, and she makes me laugh. I really appreciate funny, but I'm not real good at funny. So I thought, she's perfect for me. I'm not going to have to spend my life trying to be funny because she brings funny for me. Donna's perfect for me. Donna loves to help. Donna's very smart and very gifted, and she can help at almost anything. And I'm not very smart, and I'm not very gifted, and there's not very much I can be helpful at. So I, I was thankful that Donna was going to be around to help, and things would just go a whole lot better because Donna was there to help, and she'd make me look good over and over again. She is perfect for me. And I'm... Thank you, Paul. I'm embarrassed to say that I don't think I once asked or thought if I would be perfect for her. We enter these things trying to get stuff out of a relationship when the truth is we should be entering marriage to give we make ourselves small we humble ourselves we position ourselves To serve. When you were dead in your sin and your trespasses, Jesus reached down to you and he loved you without expecting or requiring anything from you. It's called grace. We love one another as Jesus loved us. So if you want a full happiness pie, here's the things happy couples have learned. They've learned to fill each other's boxes and they've learned to go small.
haven't sought to be in charge and in control. They've sought to serve. We know you enjoyed this teaching from the Neighborhood Church from our Pine House location here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To touch base with us from anywhere in the world that you're listening, or maybe you're just at the gym or in your car, you can text the word Pine House to 306-800-5296. There you can fill out our digital connect card. Or if you want to give it a distance, or maybe you've been working weekends or just can't make it to the city, text the initials TNC to 705-230-8977. Through that little portal, you can give or tithe or even give to missions. For any more information about The Neighborhood Church, you can check us out online at theneighborhoodchurch.org. God bless you and have a great week.